your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Uh, we got this, Jamie, uh, this morning for you. I thought this was kind of interesting. Max Muncie, he did something that no Dodger player has done. Okay. In a hundred in a hundred years, no Dodger player has done this. This what happened on Saturday night. The Dodgers beat the Reds three to two. Dodgers scored two runs in the first and one in the sixth. All of the runs were driven in by the Dodger third baseman Max Muncie. So that's that's not that odd. But the other thing that he did, he also had all of the Dodgers hits. Two. <laughs> Bad day at the plate. Well, for everybody else. Yeah. For everybody goodness. else. So that had never happened before. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, Muncie is the first Dodger player since the RBI became official in 1920 to record all of the team's hits and drive in all of the team's runs in a win with a minimum of two hits. That's pretty pretty wild. With a minimum of two hits. Okay, yeah. so somebody could have homered to drive in the only run yeah. with more than a hit, but they would be the, wouldn't have been the only guy yeah. to get a hit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's what the that's what the note says here. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, the bottom line is that's pretty that's pretty cool. He uh he's hitting just a buck 99. Uh but he's got 27 home runs and 70 RBI uh over the season. Um so you know, you kind of again just goes to show you you're not really looking at batting average, you're looking at at uh, productivity. Um but still I thought that was uh, a neat little uh, oddity uh, that took place there. Uh, Zach Thomas will go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. That'll be cool. Uh, he'll be the first one to uh, address, um, you know, the uh, the crowd there in Canton. And uh, they had a, a media event uh, with Zach Thomas. He, he stopped by uh, their training camp and... Uh, he was asked about being a Hall of Famer. He said, I finally got that win when it comes to being a Hall of Famer because that's all I played for was wins. It wasn't for the accolades or any of that stuff. It was always just about the wins. This is definitely a win, no question. Uh, I'm very proud, and it's good to see everybody in here and just to be a part of it. It's it's pretty cool. Um, he said, I feel like I played the game right, didn't ever get the championship to look back at it. I wouldn't want to do change the thing, but I wanted to win for you guys. I wanted to win for the fans. They deserve it. Uh, he was asked about his bust, if he's seen that. He said they pretty much just had to make a square. And I don't <laughs> think it was too hard on them. Because you think about Zach and what he looks like. Um, so, uh, anyway, so, anyway, so it, it, it'll it be interesting to see um, if he brings up his, you know, college days at all in that speech. Um, you know, you kind of wonder... You kind of hope that the relationship there between the university and him is is very good. You just don't you just don't see him very much. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, really shocked if 
the words Texas Tech don't come out of his mouth at some point in his speech. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word offended, but I mean that would be bothersome. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be really bothersome. Right. He's in your ring of honor. He's yeah treasure. I, uh, and I have, I'm not suggesting that that's a concern in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Again, if you if you go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you don't mention Texas Tech, um, man, that would be that would be almost as if you are intentionally not mentioning Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, he was also asked about a message to high school player in South Florida or even in Texas who might be a little undersized, uh, maybe a little down on himself. He says, well, hopefully I give them a little hope for somebody who's undersized when it came to talent or anything like that to never give up if you love something. Success is just finding something you love, but it's it's up to you to find that, not anybody else. If you love something, keep straight ahead. Don't let all the outside noise from everybody doubting you. Well, if you want to use it as a fuel, yes, but don't let it affect your path because I could have gave up on myself a lot. I got doubted the whole way, but I used it as fuel. So if you... So I feel like if you love something, that's success, man. Stick with it. Who cares? You don't have to please everybody. You're not going to. That's uh, that's well said. Um, and he was. He was a guy that probably was doubted, you know. Well, sure. You know, because of his size, whether it was coming out of high school or even coming out of college. But uh, he certainly uh, he certainly gave his he certainly gave his all. Uh, we'll have uh, the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night um, here on Double T ninety seven three. That'll be. The uh, New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. I wonder how much Aaron Rodgers will play in that game. Just maybe the opening series? I would not be surprised if he doesn't play at all, but maybe, I don't, I don't know, just maybe just because he's a new quarterback and they want to show him off to Jets fans. Maybe you're right. Maybe they'll they'll play him a series. Yeah. Do you think uh, – mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, you talk about a team that kind of went all in. They kind of went all in as well to try to uh, – Make themselves relevant there in the AFC East and try to push to a championship. And I think you, that's, yeah. I, I mean, I think they gave up a lot for Rodgers, and you could understand that. Yeah. I mean, they were uh, trying to get back to a Super Bowl for the first time since the 1968 season. I um, mean, they've sniffed at it a couple of times, especially when uh, Rex Ryan was the coach. Mm-hmm. But, uh, have not been able to. Uh, I'm to I'm already tired of the Jets hype. Okay. I mean, it's like every time you t- turn on anything, talk about the NFL. It's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just brings so much drama to the table wherever mm-hmm. he is, and I mean, we're just we're just in love with the Jets now. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, that's the team that everybody wants to to talk about all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt felt like the Jets had made really good strides last year. Just offensively, they weren't very good, but defensively they were. They ran the ball well last year, and, and then um, they just needed a quarterback. So I, I think they have a legitimate chance to make a, a big step, take a big step forward. I really do. But, you know, you, you look at – and I'm not going to say it's – I mean, if he doesn't – if they don't make significant progress with Aaron Rodgers, that will be deemed obviously a failure. And I don't, I don't know if he has to get them to – Super Bowl for that to be deemed a success um, or even win a Super Bowl for that to be deemed a success. That That's certainly why he's there. I mean, I don't know how it's going to be viewed if he doesn't. Disappointing, whatever. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I, I don't know about failure if he if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. I, there's, there's so much involved that in that. You just mentioned right that hasn't been to the Super Bowl since when? Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Super yeah. Bowl three. Well, it feels like if they were in it and lost, you'd still feel like, hey, we got something. Yeah. We're we're relevant again. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks mm-hmm. trying to get back into. Mm-hmm. to the NBA Finals for the first time since Sports the 70s. Center all the time now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. Everybody wants to talk about us. Mm-hmm. We're relevant. People know we exist again. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of notes from the Yates Flooring Center chat line with regard to Zach. I've uh, seen him several times at the Overton over the years. Uh, regarding Zach Thomas, I'm not sure the relationship is poor. It just seems like he only comes around when there is business, his gym, his relationship with others. Uh, this, I would think, Tech would have him back at a game this year to be recognized as a new Hall of Fame member, gold jacket and all. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Let him come out there and do a do a wave or something like that. That would be, uh, that'd be I mean, because again. Wasn't he here for the Ring of Honor ceremony with Pat? Didn't they have all the former ones here? The ones that are alive? Yeah. I, I, I believe so. I think you're right about that. I believe so. Don't I know that... Uh, Pretty sure Donnie Anderson was here. Dave Parks and, and Gabe Rivera have passed. So has E.J. Holub. And Zach was here. And of course, uh, Mahomes. Hmm. Uh, 6.40 this morning here on the morning drive. Last day of the month. Jeff has this day in sports history next on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. For this day in sports history, today is July the 31st, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1930 because New York Yankees first baseman Lou Gehrig drives in eight runs with a grand slam and two doubles and a 14-13 win over the rival Boston Red Sox. What happened to the pitching there? Man. It was just enough, wasn't it? Yogi or Lou Gehrig had a good had a had a great day, obviously. Nineteen thirty eight, Major League uh, Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis suspends New York Yankees outfielder Jake Powell after he said on a Chicago radio station that he kept in shape by cracking African American heads with his nightstick over the winter. Jeez, gotta be smarter than that. Or just better than that. Yeah. 1958, Milwaukee first baseman Joe Adcock becomes the only third player in the 20 in the 20th century to hit four home runs in a nine-inning game. He joins Lou Gehrig and Gil Hodges at this time in a 15 to seven Braves win over the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field. Major League Baseball record 18 total bases in this game. 1972, Chicago infielder Dick Allen becomes only the seventh Major League Baseball player in history to hit two inside-the-park home runs in a game, both of them off of Brent Brian Levin in an 8-1 win for the White Sox over the Minnesota Twins. 1978, Cincinnati infielder Pete Rose singles off Phil Necro to extend his hitting streak to 44 games as the Reds edge the Braves 3-2. He ties Willie Keeler, the 81-year-old National League record. 1987, Baltimore first baseman Eddie Murray hits his 299th and 300th career home run to lead the Orioles to an 8-4 win over the Texas Rangers. 
three years later. Starting pitcher for the Texas Rangers, Nolan Ryan records his 300th career victory in an 11-3 win over the Milwaukee Brewers. It's the 20th pitcher to reach said milestone. It is National Raspberry Cake Day. Out. Also National like Cotton it. Candy Day. Cotton Candy Day? Cotton Candy Day. Hmm. Happy birthday to J.K. Rowling, 58. Mark Cuban, 65. DeMarcus Ware, 41. And Andre Ware is 54. And on this day, 1975, Jimmy Hoffa, one of the most influential American <laughs> labor leaders of the 20th century, is officially reported missing. He's disappeared. After he failed to return home the previous night. Though he's uh, popularly believed to have been a victim of a mafia hit, <laughs> conclusive evidence has never been found, and Hoffa's fate remains a mystery. And that is this day in sports history. And that's that's one of those ones that's just still fascinating. It's like, uh, you know, what happened to the to the hijacker that, uh, you know, from... Uh, Dan Cooper. Dan Cooper. And, um, and what happened to uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, so... Going back to your four home runs in a game, you want to take a wild stab at the last American League player to do that? Josh Hamilton? Yes, very good. In 2012, on May the 8th, he did it against the Orioles. And uh, you want to take a wild stab at how many players have done that? Six? I'm going to guess more. There's more. I'm going to guess in the teens somewhere. Yeah, you're right. 18 was the number. Okay. Yeah. I always think of Mark Big Hit and Witten. Yeah, he did it. He yeah. did it for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, on September the 7th, 1993, uh, the, there was done twice in the 2017 season, uh, one by Scooter Gannett for the Reds against the Cardinals, and the other by J.D. Martinez for the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers on September the 4th. So... But it has has been done 18 times, but uh, Hamilton, the last to do it in the American League for the Rangers. Man, I wonder what's happened to that guy. I mean, you, you, you hear you hear nothing, and anytime you hear something, it's unfortunately not very good. Yeah, but you hear nothing about a lot of retired players. True. That's true. 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 Uh, somebody also wants to know, uh, the question mark is, and who killed Tupac? You know, that that guy was back in the news over the, this past week. Was he? Well, just the investigation of his murder. And, uh, you know, just another <clears throat> more facts coming out about an uncle who was involved because his, I guess his nephew is the guy that did it. And that guy's dead now. And, you know, there's still people that think that Tupac is alive and hanging out with Elvis. Okay. Sounds like you got a pretty good handle on it, <laughs> Investigator Hines. You know, I try I try to <clears throat> try to keep my try to keep my thumb on it on <laughs> on things as best as best I can. Uh, Six fifty this morning here on the morning drive. Somebody uh, makes this a uh, note off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Do y'all know what they're putting up around the top of the stadium seats at the Jones? Notice lights. Not sure on what else. Yeah. So that. I noticed over the weekend, um, a couple of different times since I happened to be driving by uh, that part of the stadium, and maybe it was last week, I'm, I'm not sure, or week before last. Anyway, the bottom line is, 
there was a guy up there working on Saturday. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, it's 100 degrees, and he's in one of those, you know, lifts and uh, working on the lights. And the lights were on on the east side, the new – these are the new um, LED lights uh, that's going to make the, the field brighter. And then they're going to have the, the flashing lights and the flashing red after touchdowns or things like that. Um, but then there's some other things they're putting up, and I don't know if that's related to – because they talked about in, improving the Wi-Fi and also improving the, the lighting of the field because they're changing out the, the, the style of lights. So I don't know what the other thing is that they're putting up kind of on the west side. Uh, looks like some kind of, you know, thing that would hold something. Maybe, and maybe it's lights. Maybe it's something for, you know, improving the Wi-Fi and the Internet because everybody's got to be able to use their phone while they're watching the football game, Jamie. I mean, you just, how, how can you watch a football game without your phone? Yeah, no, you got to be able to do that. Check the scores yeah, and right. uh, check uh, check the stats and let your uh, fellow fans know that um, there's another exciting game going on, and right. maybe we just want to watch another game on your phone <laughs> while you're in the stands. So, so. All, 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 all those all those things, right? Mm-hmm. What are all we those, doing? All those things. You want to make sure you can listen to the game if you're. Mm-hmm. Using the Double T ninety seven three app, sure. I mean, sure. all those things are important. sure. Sure, we'll have it for you with Brian Jensen, John Harris, Chris Level down the sidelines. Um, How dare you say Chris Level last? <laughs> generally, though, generally <laughs> yes. you want to be mentioned last because you want to be mentioned. Yeah, last. yeah, you want to be mentioned last because you always remember the last thing that's said. Okay. I think it's common practice that the play-by-play man gets measured uh, mentioned first. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, he's I the kiss. I was just kidding about our guy. Like, I don't know. Just, yeah. Just. Uh, uh, but you're right. The play-by-play guy gets mentioned first. Six fifty-three this morning here uh, on the morning drive, and that'll, that'll be with us sooner than what we think. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of with once the ball's rolling pretty fast now for those guys because they start camp later on this week, and they'll be going at it, and then before you know it. And, you know, Red Raider Club luncheon. They've already had the sack attack luncheon. They've got, you know, the tech night and everything else that's coming up. So all those all those little mile markers, you know, that lead to uh, to the first football game. And uh, and then you have just 12 of those games. What is your predicted record right now? I just I'm asking you because I want to see how much it increases after hearing um oh, Coach McGuire sure. speak a couple of times. Sure. How sure. much better you feel. Sure. Um, I'm seven and five. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm seven and I'm seven and five. I could I could probably get talked up, you know, a game or two by between oh, now. And you've then. talked yourself. Up I mean, at one point 11. you were eleven and zero. I, I know, I know, uh-huh. I know. And that was just you. Oh, mm-hmm. I know, I know. I I got a, I got a little I got a little ahead of myself, you know, just because we we're. But I do think, I do think that there's when you look at your schedule. There's not a game um, that you go like, oh man, there's no way we can beat those guys. I feel like that you'll be. I feel like that you'll be in every game. We'll see how that works out, though. Six fifty-five this morning on the morning drive. But there are also not many where you feel like no chance you lose that. Just one, as far as I'm concerned. Tarleton State, yeah, yeah. I think you're. 
There's probably something to be said for that as well. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Take your thoughts and your comments. From the Yates Flooring Center chat line, go to double-t-97-3.com for that as we come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio and look forward to hearing from you as well on the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is 806-771-0973. Um, all right, so let me ask you this. Uh, we've talked about it an hour ago quite a bit, and it's been the Sports Center. It's all over the sports pages and websites and things like that with the the Rangers moves over the weekend, uh, getting Max Scherzer and then getting a couple other pitchers from the St. Louis Cardinals. Does that – not that you didn't have expectations um, since the All-Star break and maybe even since, you know, the 1st of June about making the playoffs, but does that does that ratchet it up even more in terms of what your expectations are now um, from, a, from a fan standpoint and – you know, from a team personnel standpoint, that now not making the playoffs would be considered a failure. Uh, if you didn't make the playoffs now, yes, that'd be a failure. Yeah. But, I mean, winning the division is still, I mean, it's still tricky. I mean, you're, you're only up a game uh, on the Astros. And it, it doesn't necessarily feel like um, um, that the Astros have kicked in yet and you're almost does that make sense i mean it feels like that the rangers have you know they got off to a big start got off to a nice lead um i think it got up to as much as what eight or eight or so games um over the astros and now it's now it's down to one and i i don't know i just feel like i just feel like the astros haven't necessarily just really gone into high gear yet Okay, well, they've had their ups and downs, and I think they've maybe the reason that you haven't seen that consistency with the Astros is just just, just that they've dealt with so many injuries this mm-hmm. year. Um, that's that's what I would assume the reason they haven't kicked it into high gear. So, but I mean, you're, but you're kind of you're kind of waiting for it, right? I mean, as for for as they, things have not gone swimmingly for them. They're twelve over five hundred. Uh, which only, is pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I think you'll take that. Take that. You'll think. And, and you're I wonder the, how many other divisions in baseball that would be leading right now. Yeah. <sighs> pretty much all of them except the East. Yeah. Um, is it? Is it? Is it that it's not gone swimmingly for the Astros, or just that the Rangers have outplayed them by just a small margin at this point? Because we would say the Rangers' season's gone really well, right? Yes, absolutely. It's gone swimmingly well. Well, they're one game ahead of the Astros. Right, and maybe, and maybe I'm just you know thinking as you're. So it feels like they're just you know one breaststroke behind them. Okay, and I just felt like maybe they've been so. Do- I guess I guess the way I that's look fair. at that's fair. That's fair, but they, again, part of that has to do with the Rangers. Yeah, that the Rangers are a much better team than mm-hmm. they've been in years past. But they're but you're right. I mean, they haven't. Um, it, it just hasn't been smooth with the Astros. It feels like it's been up and down. And and again, I think that has a lot to do with the injuries they've dealt with. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like um it's almost like those you know long distance runners, you know, you see, you know, the guys running the in the 1600 or the or whatever and it's like you're waiting for their kick. They haven't had their kick yet. 
And it's right. almost like if they have their kick, then you're kind of wondering, okay, how do the Rangers respond to that? The Rangers are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. <clears throat> They've got a three-game losing streak after what transpired over the weekend. As Jeff said, didn't have a lead at all in any of their games this past weekend. I'm not down on them. Just, you just now wonder, okay, does, does getting Scherzer and these other two guys, does that inject a huge amount of momentum you know, inside of this team coming off of a day off? I mean, uh, how soon does Scherzer spit, start pitching? Um, you know, when does, when does his first start, blah, blah, blah. And does that help the Rangers take off? You know, for this last half of the season, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that would be good. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the hope of mm-hmm. adding these four guys that you have added this year in trade. We you know, we we include Chapman in this as well. Mm-hmm. That you've improved your bullpen with two arms. You've improved your rotation with two arms. Mm-hmm. You're adding at it the same with, time. Maybe lost one of those arms for a while. Sure, starters. Yeah. Yeah, and you're also still probably trying to make up for the one arm that you lost at the beginning of the year uh, with adding these two guys, but that gets you back to full strength, which, and when you looked at what the Rangers were doing this year earlier, it was their offense that was leading the charge with their pitching going along with it. You've added a bunch of guys to bolster what was one of your big problems and continue to make those moves forward. I don't think it's so much as the... Rangers and, and are looking to falter. I think you're now more focused ahead. You're no longer looking over your shoulder, going back to the running reference. I think they are focused on where they are trying to get right now with these moves now, as opposed to, okay, well, what are the Astros doing behind us now that they're two games in one game? Now you've got nothing but daylight in front of you, and you've got to go get it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both, though. I think you'd be kidding yourself if you didn't think the Rangers are – Nervous about the Astros behind them. Yeah, I think they're doing a little kind of look see, mm-hmm. you know, kind of look looking over your shoulder just, just a little they bit. Just they've just owned the division. Yeah, yeah. It's like until you knock off the champ, you can't be. Here's your schedule, by the way, to pitch on Thursday. Schedule pitch on Thursday. Okay, uh, when they take on the White Sox there in uh, in Arlington, and that's an afternoon affair. Of course, we'll have the game here on Double T 97.3. This National League team seems stronger in particular. National League West teams that the Rangers have faced. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at those West teams. I mean, uh, Dodgers are, uh, they're not running away with it, but they're, you know, 14 games over 500. That's pretty salty. Uh, Then the Giants are 10 over 500. Haven't really played the Giants a whole, I think, one series. Um, and then Arizona's six over. Um, this from the Gates Warring Center chat line, maybe this is better said than about what I'm trying to say, but that's what Chuck is saying. The Astros haven't hit their stride yet. They're only one game back. The question is whether the Rangers can go, can put it on when the Astros get rolling, if they do. Yeah, that's the, that's the, que- that's the question I have, is if the Astros were to overtake the Rangers, how do they respond yeah, I've, I've had that question as well. I've had that question as well. But you can't forget that the Rangers have, are dealing with some injuries too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, G-Moss points that out. You know, uh, with, you know, Seager and now Evaldi. And then, of course, you lost to Grom for the year. So mm-hmm. those are pretty key guys. And then your your catcher as well. Yeah, Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim, yeah. So he, he's on the on the shelf a little bit. So all, all, those, all those things um, well, factor in. Yeah, and it seems like when healthy, those are two really good baseball teams. So mm-hmm. I just think this 
stretch run is going to be fun watching the AL West. Uh, this, I almost drove off the road when I heard about the Scherzer trade. That's from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Were you, were you surprised? Did that, did that shock you? Yeah, it. I mean, I was surprised, and then I, I saw the amount of money that the Mets were willing to get rid of, and or willing to pay to make him go play for somebody else. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I can see why the Rangers would make that move. That being said, you clearly lost a big time prospect. But um, yeah, I can. I, I was surprised to see the Rangers get Scherzer. Yeah, well, I think that. I love how the Mets are saying, "Hey, we're not." We're not we're not giving up at this point. <laughs> right. They got they got rid of a closer and they got rid of Scherzer. And uh Oh really? Yeah. And Justin Verlander is like, uh, okay, now what about me? Yeah. What about me? Signed there for a reason to try to go chase a championship and they start trading off guys. That's gotta be disappointing. If you had had your choice of those two, let's just let's just say that would you would you have rather had Verlander than Scherzer? I think his numbers are way better this year, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seven twenty-four this morning here on the morning drive. Your thoughts, your comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t ninety-seven three dot com yeah. for that. Yeah. His ERA is almost a full run better than Scherzer's. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Let's see, we'll see what uh, see what happens with Verlander out. You would you would think that if. Uh, if somebody offered the right thing, then uh, they would be like, okay, hey, it's time to, to make a move. Now uh, I wonder in the offseason, the Mets going to do the same thing again, right? Are they going to go try to sign a couple of big free agent pitchers and make a run at it again? Uh, I love the fact that the Rangers, you know, waited on Scherzer, made it a condition of the trade that he had to opt in for next year. So mm-hmm. it's not just a, a rental uh, for him, so you feel like that, you know, you kind of look at looking ahead to next year. Maybe at some point in time, you get Degrom back. Um, can't really count on him for a whole lot, but certainly you know that you're going to have Scherzer uh, for all of next year, at least as of right now. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety seven three. All right, 7.31 this morning on the morning drive. Time for Jamie's question of the day. What you got? All right, it's a very simple one. Mm-hmm. We talked about road games in the Big 12 a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I want you to give me the Red Raiders record on the road this season. Okay, let me uh, do one thing here, and I'll kind of give you a, what I what I see, what, a, what, the, what the old crystal ball, if I had a crystal ball, man, I'd, I'd love to. Big 12 road record or just road record? Road record. Road record. They're going to place six, six on games. The, yeah, six, six on the road. Uh, four and two. Okay, with two losses. Two losses uh, at Baylor. And I'm going to say at... BYU. I think you'll win in you'll win in Laramie, you'll win in Morgantown, you'll win in Houston, and you'll win in Lawrence. Jeff? Are you sure you're gonna win in Houston? Yeah. Well that's I a home that game. game. Be- I'm sorry, home game. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
be awfully hard to win that one in Houston. Well, yeah, maybe they'll play a bowl game there later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, where's my other loss then? Uh, Jeff, go ahead. I got two and four. You have two and two four. Two and four. I don't feel good about at Baylor. Oh, I don't, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not two and four. Uh, I I do the same thing with Kansas State. At Texas thinking, will be my other loss. Yeah, I've got. Te- oh, I've now got, you have three. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do the Houston one because it was. You did Waco. Yeah. You said Baylor. Well, you said BYU, and now Texas. Okay, you were so missing gonna, another win, yeah, not another yeah. loss. Okay, so I'm going to say three and three. Okay. Well, change, you just talked change, you down. Yeah, change my mind. Three and three. Just because you couldn't play at Houston, we <laughs> lost another game. Gosh. It's disappointing. I know. It's disappointing. I'm sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. All right. Win at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Win at Virginia. Oh, actually, West Virginia. Loss at Baylor. Win at BYU. Uh, win at Kansas. So I got four and two. With a loss of Texas. He went from two and four to four and I, well, I, I was getting the, the Kansas State game. I did the same thing with Kansas State. I don't know why. I'm sitting here looking at it. It says Jones Stadium. Um, that I was like, okay, that's a loss. That's a loss. Because I was counting just losses. So where are your two losses? Uh, at Baylor, at Texas. Okay. I'm the same as Jeff. I'm at four and two with Baylor and Texas being your two losses on the road. I, I just can't. I mean... People keep telling me I'm crazy about the Baylor thing, and I, I hope I am. I just I'm just nervous about that one. No, now, that's I, don't, fair. I, don't, I don't know if it's because they just played so well against us last year, or we struggled so mightily against them last year. I'm not really sure, but it, I just I'm nervous about that game. Now I I don't feel great about the BYU pick. I think you do win that game, although I could I, that's the biggest coin flip. Well, then the you three. should feel good about it. Then, if you think you win it, you should feel good. I'm on the positive <laughs> side of it. Of I'm like fifty-one forty-nine. Uh, somebody off the text line says five and one. So probably the the Baylor one they're skipping on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think BYU is a challenging one. I do. And if you're five and one on the road, what are you at home? Six and zero. Oh? Hmm. That'd be pretty special. That wins against K State and Oregon. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this: we beat Baylor by twenty. I like it. I like that. Let's somebody go. says this: you ain't got no crystal ball. Yeah, it's no, not today, not today. No, no crystal ball, no crystal ball today to tell me exactly what's what's going to happen there. I'll be, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, fascinated. All those things with with how this team's going to. React going to uh, to Wyoming, and I think what you, what you said earlier, Jamie, how do, how you handle the the hype and the talk and the you know kind of where you, where you are because you know maybe last year you really were that team where people didn't necessarily see you coming, um, and I know that I mean you finished seven and five in the regular year and, and go on to win your eighth in the bowl game, but still I mean you were very very competitive with the exception of the Baylor game, um, and you know with wins over. Texas and Oklahoma and in the same year I think you know, obviously you, you you kind of made your mark out there and so you won't you won't sneak up on anybody this year yeah I agree you know I agree. you won't you won't sneak up anybody so it'll be interesting to see uh, see how they handle 
how they handle that, how they handle the preseason hype, how they handle the early success. And then maybe if you if you have a a loss to Oregon, how you handle how you handle the setback, you know, how you how you come off the mat against then Tarleton State and then playing on the road at at West Virginia and then how you handle the injury situation and who gets injured and how you are able to replace that person. Um, and you hope that, obviously, you hope for as few as you get, but you also, you know, got to be realistic as well. Uh, I don't know the answer to this question. Chuck, will there be any tailgating on the east side this year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, it's a construction site, obviously. Um, they're going to have trailers out there for the visiting team um, to do their halftime and and uh, you know get dressed and all those kinds of things. I'm going to be real curious as to how close those trailers are to the sideline and then how they get to them so quickly so that you can so they can have a halftime or will the or will teams go? Hey, we're just going to huddle up in the end zone. I don't think they'll do that. But I am I am curious. I don't think they'll huddle up in the end zone. Maybe they built some Chris Beard tunnels over at football too, <laughs> like they did at basketball. Well, they're going to. They're they're going to. They're going to on the the the, the north east corner. They're going. They're going to do that. Um, but I don't. I don't know if they have those escape tunnels uh, built yet or not. Um, have you gone through the Chris Beard uh, tunnels there at the the arena? I have not. It's pretty cool, actually. I mean, it, it takes you underneath the stands and then back to the respective. You know hallways, whether it's the the tech hallway or the the the, the visitors hallway. I mean, it's you know it kind of gives you. It's like oh, okay, well that's kind of kind of a high school gym kind of aspect. You know when you go underneath the bleachers, you drop something, you got to go find down any there and keys get keys down there or anything. No, then no. find you probably could probably some loose change maybe. Yeah, lots of popcorn. Pop lots of popcorn, right? Mm-hmm. Right. People's you know end little of their, kids toys. Right, little kids toys. You know. Some stuffed animal or something that mm-hmm. you know the kids drop and it's like the most precious thing ever and you know you got to go down there the dad's got to go down there and find it. It's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. And you got the petulant three year old that you know is way upset because they've lost their whatever whatever the name of their animal is. Uh, uh, this we need to really enjoy. I just I can't believe I just now realized this as we're doing the home and away record. What's that? Your only back-to-back games this year that are in the same lo- like either on the road or at home are games two and three this year. The rest of the way, it's every other game. Hmm. How did it take until July thirty-first with a schedule coming out in what March? I think late March. Mm-hmm. For me, just now to realize that it's there's no back-to-back games this year. We're going to have to enjoy those first two home games. Yeah, it's it's about to be August, Jeff. You're about to dial in. You're about to be dialed in. That's why you're noticing that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's saying this, y'all are acting like Wyoming is Alabama. How so? We all picked a tech to beat them. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how you could say that. I, I would not be picking that if it was playing Alabama at Alabama. Yeah, right. no, I would pick that as a loss. Yeah. I think we all took – I'm nervous about the game. I mean, just because – it's the first game of the season. You don't know what a team's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, there's a good amount of hype. How does the team handle it? You're going on a road to a different place. Um, altitude a little bit different. 
All those things. All those things factor in. You know, Wyoming's going to look at it as a Super Bowl. Uh, Derek writes in, visitors, new entrance is not built yet, right? Both teams will use the same tunnel, I think, the east side tunnel. Okay. I'll be... The, you know, the thing that I was wondering the other day, and I'm sure they figured this out, is uh, I was looking at the crane and I was looking at the, the ramp going up on the west side. I'm like, can they get that thing out of there? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did, I did wonder that. I'm like, okay, it's like, okay, that thing's this wide, yeah. and that, that tunnel Just, is this wide, and can they, can they get that thing out of there? I'm sure, in a board meeting over there soon, Kirby Hokett's gonna go. You know what? Chuck brought up a great point, <laughs> guys. We're gonna need you to get that thing out of there before we keep building. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. The Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety seven three and. Double T 973com with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. And uh, we uh, we welcome you in to the First United Bank studio. And look forward to hearing from you today on the 8th Flooring Center chat line or the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is 806-771-0973. An hour from now on 100.7 The Score, it's the end of the bench from 9 to noon. Then the bottom line at noon. Tech Talk this afternoon here on Double T 973 at 3. We'll have uh, the Astros and the Guardians tonight on 100.7 The Score at 6.40 p.m. The Astros, a game back of the Rangers, who are idle tonight. They'll entertain the White Sox for the first of three tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then the Rangers will host the Miami Marlins over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Max Scherzer, the newly acquired Met, who is now a Ranger, will... uh, reportedly pitch for the Rangers on Thursday, which is a day game, and that is a 12.30 broadcast time and 1 o'clock first pitch. Uh, just to kind of go back to the original Pac-8, uh, Carl from uh, California. Don't know if he's in California, Texas, or Maine today, Jamie. Do not know where he is. Or he could be in Vermont. Have you ever been to Vermont? I have not. Is that a... Bucket list state for you? I don't know if it's a bucket list, but I would like it, okay. I think. Arizona and Arizona State were not in the Pac-8. Okay, so the and it, I think it started with four, but here's the Pac-8 that I was trying to come up with. It was USC, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon State, Oregon, California, Washington, and Washington State. You know the one school that hasn't really made any ripple, it doesn't seem like of any kind of realignment news, is California. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. They, they don't really bring anything to the table. This doesn't seem like they care that much. Yeah, and and then you also kind of wonder, does um, does Stanford bring anything to the table? You know, there was a time when Stanford football was was somewhat relevant, and you felt like that they were. Last couple of years, it's been a, a bit more of a struggle, but I don't know. I feel like Stanford will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do. Okay. Um, I think they're just, I mean, they're pretty good in a lot of different sports. Yeah. They just have right now been struggling in football, and we all know that's the most important thing. No, without without question. Um, let's see. I had something in my brain, but I've, I've lost it. So 804 this morning. I'll, I'll see if I can. You know, you know, if you forget something, you know what you know what you're supposed to do? I do not look at the look at the color yellow, and it helps you remember. Wow. Okay, look at something yellow, 
and it supposedly helps you remember. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I've had I've had. There's to do... the thing I learned new today. Yeah, there you go. See, is this something new that you've learned, or have you known this all along? Uh, and you haven't been sharing with us. It was uh, I was enlightened on it many years ago by a former coworker colleague here uh-huh. at uh, the compound. And you found this to be to be. Helpful? I found this to be true and helpful. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, Carl is actually in Abilene right now. Carl in Abilene. Okay, so uh, somebody says this. They don't know they still play football. Right? right. No, they they don't. Um, some somebody asked this question, and, and and this is where I was. This is where I was going. Uh, here's the question: Other than ripping away from the Pac-12, what does Colorado bring to the table for the Big Twelve? Do you think there's Do you think there's any value there, or a limited value there? Or is it Does it make you feel more solid about the Big Twelve compared to um, the ACC and 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 the Pac-12? I don't I don't think you can compare an acquisition of Colorado to what the Big Ten or the SEC did. You're talking about Texas and Oklahoma, what the SEC did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's anywhere close. But I think it was um, I think it was another – pulling another leg out from underneath the Pac-12. I think there's value in that. I don't know what the, you know, the, the Denver-Colorado market mm-hmm. does for you. Uh, I don't know how much – that brings but i'm sure that brings something um and geographically it's it's also good but there are plenty of schools that are geographically good for the big 12 Mm -hmm. um but so that's not the end all be all there but i think more than anything it's chipping away at the at the pac-12 yeah it makes you a stronger conference because you've got another link in the chain now mm -hmm. you and i'm not saying that everybody in denver is watching Colorado Buffaloes play football. Sure, but that is now a market that the Big Twelve media share gets a a, a bigger piece of. There's certainly going to watch Colorado over almost anybody else if they're watching somebody. Um, and it's also a, another school that wants to be a part of you. And the Big Twelve for a long time, I always felt like we were one school away from falling apart. Well, now you're wanting people to join your train. Yeah, because, I mean, when the announcement came that, that Texas and Oklahoma were leaving, um, it certainly made you wonder about, okay, what's the viability of the Big 12 moving forward? Um, and and you compare it to what was going on in 2011, so that's now 12 years ago, where it felt like you were on the verge of joining the Pac-12. Um, and In fact, I saw a, a column that uh, Barry Trammell wrote um, out of Oklahoma City, and of course he covers Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. He's a longtime columnist, but he he kind of felt like that the Pac-12 let you off the hook in 2011 for whatever reason uh, that would have ended the, the the Big 12 maybe if if Texas and Texas Tech and Oklahoma and and others um, had left to go to to the Pac-12. Um, but at the last minute, I guess Texas saw that, hey, we weren't going to be able to take the Longhorn Network with us and feel like that we can make more hay in the Big 12. And so as a result, they didn't go, and so we didn't go, and Baylor didn't go, and maybe somebody else didn't go. Oklahoma State uh, was rumored to be in that list as well, not maybe not maybe so much Oklahoma. Um, but I, I do feel like, and this call me crazy here, 
even though there is a revenue gap between the Big 12 and the SEC, don't don't you still feel like with the amount of revenue that comes in from a Big 12 standpoint that you can still be extremely competitive and still compete for potentially a national championship um, that not all is lost and it's not always going to go to a Big 10 or an SEC school or, or do you feel differently on that? Because of just because of the sheer revenue numbers, um, I, I think you'll. I mean, especially with the expansion of the playoff, you'll you'll see plenty of, plenty of Big Twelve teams in there competing for a championship. And who knows? There, you know, there's going to be years where maybe there's an upset here or there. But I still think the SEC is the prohibited favorite. And when it comes to the Big Ten and Michigan and Ohio State are such monsters as well. I don't know that you have any monsters in this new Big 12 conference that are anywhere close to being equal to Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the, you know, just crazy good programs in the SEC. So I, I still think you're, you know, you're an underdog mm-hmm. with, the, with the schools in the Big 12 conference, in football at least, um, for that. But uh, I think that. You know, you'll be good enough to have a shot. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.